All right, and welcome back to the Shuttlecock Podcast. My name is Aaron Rhodes. We are sponsored by the Vinyl Underground at 7th Heaven in Kansas City at 76 and Troost, offering new and used vinyl. This week on the show, we have Josh Wilkinson from the company. What's up? How's it going? Pretty good. Um, so yeah, if anyone uh, doesn't really know you, you own and operate the company, which is a Kansas City-based metal label. And you've how, how long ago did you start the label? Uh, the label's been going for probably less than two years. I think this summer will be two years. Awesome. Do you have any, any plans for any anniversary type stuff? Or um, we've been trying to put together a company crew show uh, over at Union Library. Kind of having a hard time getting it put together, but we're working on it. Nice. But yeah, um, I figured start where we usually kind of dive off from is like, I was kind of curious what if have you been listening to metal since you were a child what what were you kind of like raised on and uh listen? yeah my parents uh both listened to classic rock and I uh, grew up listening to that stuff uh Tom Petty and Queen and stuff um didn't start listening to metal until probably like fifth grade when I met my buddy Steve and he uh, introduced me to White Zombie and Metallica and mm-hmm. then ever since then yeah I've been a metalhead so you kind of get the the classic rock basics from your parents. Were were they like at all alarmed when you you start listening to kind of the more intense metal stuff? Or there was uh, there was definitely a few albums that my parents hated or made me take back, or I had to play at such a low volume that my ear was up to the speaker, <laughs> you know, because I didn't want them hearing me listen to it. Yeah, I think I think that's a a common uh, past shared between like punks and metalheads yeah. and maybe a few other groups but yeah i can remember my parents losing their mind when i brought over uh brought home a Marilyn manson cd mm. yeah that's probably the, the big one for a lot of <laughs> yeah. like, 90s kids yeah and Marilyn manson and nine inch nails mm. yeah and no yeah and i i just recently watched like the documentary about um i, I don't even remember what the main focus was but it was like jimmy Iovine and like how like Interscope really kind of took off in like the late '90s, early 2000s, and like they were just like so ready to like feed on like Manson and Reznor's like willingness to like do all this crazy stuff, and yeah. Get their their hype that way, right on. But yeah, that was interesting. But um, so and were, were there any like, were, would you ever be like? not allowed to go to the shows or whatever oh yeah yeah. i was i was just talking to somebody the other day uh, about a that pantera and white zombie tour from like 1998 or something i can remember not being able to go to that and sitting at home and listening to uh listening to the radio while they're broadcasting from the show just wishing i was there i guess that's something i mean i guess you know that's not the same as going to the show but i guess that is kind of like a nice alternative for uh a lot of people that you don't really get anymore well i'm sure like you know, of course, now with the dawn of live streaming and like high HD video and everything, I guess that's a better substitute anyway. But the radio, yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you went to school for graphic design, correct? And so, like, at <clears throat> what point, like, during college or high school or whenever, did you really figure out that's something you had a deep interest in? Graphic design. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually like after I'd graduated high school, I was working, you know, like labor jobs. I worked for Scott's lawn service for several years 
And I was just talking to my little brother one day, and he kind of asked me, like, well, if you could do anything you wanted to in the world, what would you do? And I said, I would design album covers. And he's like, well, you need to go check out graphic design. And so I signed up at JUCO for graphic design. Mm. Did, did you have, like, a long past of, like, illustration or drawing or No, anything? and I'm okay. even not the greatest illustrator in the world at all. Mm. I just, uh, I like doing it on the, on the computer. I just used to, I used to make compilations and just make stupid album covers for them, and I had fun doing it, so decided to go to school and try to make a career out of it. So you just end up on, like, Photoshop and Illustrator and stuff a lot? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and then I guess that is kind of interesting, though, like, just because a lot of people do just kind of end up, like, doodling and, like, you know, just drawing and whatnot with pens or whatever, like, when they're, just, you know, from the time they're, like, really little kids, but to see someone kind of pick it up and just go all digital when they're you know it's even post high school is like pretty i think that's a little unique at least yeah definitely and i, I you know I, I felt like i had a knack for it pretty quick so i stuck with it and what were what were some of like your first like big inspirations as far as like album covers and the design you were doing then Ooh, um i think you know when i started as I was just listening to the, you know, the classic metal albums, the Panteras, um, Metallicas. Um, I was getting really big into Superjoint Ritual back then. Um, so, uh, but a lot of those covers have, you know, computer generated graphics on them. So those are, those are kind of some inspirations for me. Mm. And like, what are there, are there any like specific artists that, like really kind of spoke to you at that point like any or at least any just elements of the designs that like you really latched on to um there's uh the singer from the band coliseum if you're familiar mm-hmm. um, his name's ryan patterson he's a graphic designer and when i found his work is when i was like holy shit this is exactly what i want to do like this is this is this is what i've been striving to try to achieve mm-hmm. but yeah he does uh a lot of uh, digital collage work and black and white and it's got that uh that old punk rock flyer feel to it mm. and so what was going to school for graphic design like did it ever like really deter you i know like that's kind of what happens to a lot of artists when they're in school like they're just so flooded with work that they don't get to do what they want or like what was that whole thing like for you yeah and i definitely felt like uh I felt like I kind of stuck out as being the metalhead and, you know, the graphic design communities, I don't, I don't know how to put it nicely, but they're a little more... A little normal. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Like if you want to work at one of the, you know, the big design firms in Kansas City, you got to have a nice haircut and tuck your shirt in and that's, you know, that's not me and I, I've never been a part of it. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely um, dis... Not, not dissuaded, but kind of shifted my design sensibilities into something that I didn't want. So it was after I graduated and I just would go home and I would sit on my computer and just make posters, just find out like if there's any shows coming and just make a poster, even if no one asked me for it, you know, mm. just, just to try new shit out and learn things. Oh yeah. And I guess it is kind of weird to have like that formal knowledge of something and then like you don't even get to do like what you want with it and like, you do have to kind of resort back to a DIY setup to a certain extent. Yeah, it's kind of just you, you 
they give you the tools and then it's up to you to do what you want with them hmm. and has it ever like tempted you or like have you ever just like given much thought to like just signing on with a like a bigger like graphic design firm or doing like just kind of like more normal work with that like have you had projects like that i have interviewed with a couple of the big firms and i i bombed on them you know um i've thought about it you know if i could find the right place that i fit in and i could uh hell i mean even if i was designing brochures or something i you know i'd be fine with that but yeah i've I've definitely considered it and you do still get kind of get to work like near the field too because you you do work at a, a print we got a print shop, shop. Yeah. yeah i do get every once in a while get to do some design work yeah. okay, and does, does that kind of lead to like a good hookup when you do have like stuff you need to print for like the label and oh, all ab- that? Yeah. absolutely yeah and uh i print stuff for tons of bands and labels too nice. so. and um so another thing i was curious about was like a lot of what you do is the um uh, well you, you take like you do all of the graphics for the albums you put out on the company and so i just know that like you know your your design really stands out on the stuff you release and i know that kind of leads to like drawing more attention into like the bands that you're putting out even though a lot of them don't have any more than like a local following so like do you do you think that has like a big importance with like any success you've had so far absolutely yeah um i definitely have some people that follow my label that have been following me ever since i was just a designer um i haven't got to do like all of the cover artwork for my releases as Mm -hmm. much as i'd like but i mean that was definitely the driving force for starting the label was that i would have control over all of the design Mm -hmm. was pretty much why i started the label Mm. and like another even like another thing like even after the initial like kind of eye-catching element of the album art like follows like the when you learn that there's like a cool like vinyl pressing of it and like it I, i mean i'm not saying people buy records just because of the cover too often but like it kind of does lead to like a satisfying feeling once you do have that in your hands i think that a lot of people are really into yeah definitely i know i've bought albums just based on the cover before so Mm. i've always kind of thought that the album covers should kind of at least give you a little bit of sense of what you're getting into Mm. even if you've never heard the band or you've never even heard of them you have no idea i feel like the cover should convey a little bit of what you're gonna get yeah and i was kind of thinking about it i'm like not quite as many people like there would still be a market for it but like not quite as many people would be buying records you know if they all had like just a very like plain white cover and like just the black vinyl you know like yeah there's there's something like kind of instinctual about like m- making you grab that record with your hands and like i don't know yeah giving you that satisfaction from it i think yeah and that, that does lead me to ask though like i think most independent like rock labels have figured out at this point that like vinyl is you know the thing you need to be selling and um sorry what was i gonna say um like is did you know that like pretty like right away that you'd have to be kind of like going big on vinyl with the label 
Well, when I started the label, I was actually working for um, a couple other labels based in New Jersey, doing freelance work for them. Mm. Um, so that's really how I sort of came to the conclusion to do this. And one of the guys who runs one of the other labels really, really pushed me to do this. Um, so I, from the beginning, I always had planned on doing strictly vinyl releases and then found out how easy it was to get tapes and CDs done. So she said, fuck it and did all, you know, all formats. But, um, tapes are really hard to sell these Mm. days, especially if you get a bunch of them. So I still have a whole bunch of copies of all the releases that I've done on tape. Mm. So if you're listening, please, please buy Josh's (laughs) tapes. Yeah. Go buy some tapes. (laughs) Um, but um, another thing related to that, what was I going to say? Um, Lincoln. Oh, yeah, but um, I think I'd noticed, like, you know, a lot of pressings that you do end up selling out, at least, like, through your mail order, like, on the website. Yeah. So, like, do you think, like, it's just metalheads particularly that are, like, super into uh, vinyl? Like, do, do you think that's a thing in general? I think the metal and rock community is probably the people that buy vinyl the most, I would think. Mm. And do do you, like, credit anything specifically to, like, your, your, like, selling out a lot of vinyl? Or do you think it's just, like, you just made all the right choices with each? Uh, Yeah, honestly, yeah. Yeah. I'm very particular in the bands that I choose. And if I don't think it's going to sell, then I'm not going to, you know, take a chance on it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean like the, the albums that have sold out were the, the first Keith mountain pressing, um, young blood, super cold sold out, which I knew right off the bat was going to sell out. And same with Merlin. They're just another band that has a big enough following that I knew that would sell out pretty quick. Oh yeah. And you did sell like, well, a bunch of the Hyborian, uh, yeah. albums too. And, uh, I just sold out of those. I mean, not that long ago, but the majority of them went rather quickly. Yeah. Mm. And, and they did just end up signing to season of mist too. And they are on season of mist now. Yeah. And do, do you still like re- remain kind of like, do, do you have much to do with the band right now or? Nope. No, mm. we're just pretty much homies and mm. hang out all the time. And Justin's, Justin's my best friend. And, um, yeah, we still just hang out. Um, I, I still do design work for them. Mm. Was it kind of like a bittersweet moment when you kind of found out that they would be? Oh, yeah. I mean, literally from the second that I was sitting in their practice space, because they recorded the whole album in their practice space, Mm. and they had me come over after work one day, and the second that they played me the first song, my stomach just dropped, and I was like, like, this is is too big for me. Like, this is is fucking amazing. So you kind of saw it coming, like, from the get-go. Oh, yeah, I knew it. I knew it was. So, um... Uh, yeah, I knew that going into the. I knew that it was only going to be one album with them. Mm. I guess yeah, yeah. You just picked a good one right yeah. there, and but yeah, uh, I was kind of interested though. What if you had any particular tie to the Kansas City metal scene before you were doing the label too? Like, were you, were you just out at a lot of shows before? Yeah, or? I just uh, was always at shows, and I'd always uh, seen everybody. Didn't really know who they were. Um, and then Justin from Hyborian started uh, working with me at the print shop, and he kind of introduced me to everybody. Um, met the Keith guys at a show one night, and yeah, just kind of been meeting everybody slowly. Mm. And does uh, so like what 
uh, is there much that factors into like you putting out a record beyond like thinking it'll sell pretty well or like is there like a particular sound that you like you know you wouldn't like are you like against putting out like a black metal record at some point or like do you, do you have like a super right right now I would definitely not put out a black metal album just because I know that the the fan base that I do have is like just enough to get me through a pressing so if I put out an album that's not gonna sell to the fan base that I have mm. yeah I, I wouldn't oh yeah but I do think like even considering like that it is like you know just a metal label right now like you have done a good job of like picking bands that you know it's just not the same exact thing every time like every band has like a little bit of something different to offer and i think that's a yeah good um element. relapse records is my biggest influence as far as record labels go and they have a, a very vast array of different types of metal bands on their label so i kind of want to do something like that mm-hmm. Who are you excited about that they have right now? Like, what makes you excited about their uh, roster? Who's, uh, Gate, is Gatekeeper on Relapse? I think they might be, yeah. Yeah, they're badass. Um, who else? King Woman, they're badass. Mm. Uh, shit, I don't know. Off the top of my head, I can't think of anything else they got coming. Ilsa, if you've heard of them, mm. they're badass too. Nice. And, no, yeah, do you have, like, I mean, I, I know, like, just through... Like, you have, like, put out albums for, like, bands that don't live, you know, just in the Kansas City area already. Like, do you, do you see yourself kind of, like, scouting out, like, bands from, like, whole other regions and, like, growing the label that way? Or do you feel, like, pretty secure in, like, keeping it Kansas City-ish? Um, I, I mean, I like keeping it Kansas City-ish um, just because I like being able to, like, actually physically go meet with people, mm. you know? Um Obviously, working with Youngblood from Topeka and Snowchild from Wichita wasn't that easy, but, like, they still have shows in Kansas City, so I still get to go see them and whatever. But, uh, yeah, I absolutely um, am going to start kind of spreading out my scope. Um, Actually, my next release is going to be with uh, two bands that are not from Kansas City Mm. but have Lawrence ties. So anything you can talk about there? Uh, not yet. Old too early. Nothing solid. So. Yeah. Uh, let me see. What else do I have here? Um, but yeah, like I do want to kind of go back for a second too, to like when you decided to start the label. And, like mm-hmm. you, you had been encouraged by the folks you were doing graphic work for in New Jersey, and but I was kind of wondering, like, were you like, okay, I'll give this a shot, maybe like maybe it'll just be a one-time thing i'll put out one record or did you know like pretty soon that you would be like just putting out like several albums a year so my main idea um i was trying to think of something that i could sell in my store that would get attention towards my design work and so i originally was just planning on doing like a flexi disc like one song from keith mountain Mm. and uh i told uh my the guy I was working for, his name's Steve from uh, STB Records. He, uh, he was like, dude, why don't you just do a full-on album? Like, it's, if you did a, a 12-inch record, it's, you know, it's not going to cost you that much more than if you were to do all these, these dumb flexi-discs, you know, mm. or whatever. So uh, I had Jake and Dylan over to my house, and I told them about it, and they were gung-ho about it, and we went after it. Nice. And, like, how, how soon after did you... Dis- like, what was the, the second album that you 
ended up putting out. Second album, album I did was Curse the Sun, who's a band from Connecticut. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you, you did start, like, pretty soon yeah. after. You put and, out. and that was, uh, they were supposed to do a record with STB, but he uh, didn't have time to do it or something, so he offered it to me, and I was like, sure. Mm-hmm. And saw it as a challenge, and I figured um, a band out of outside of Kansas City might get me a little more, you know, uh, recognition mm-hmm. outside Kansas City. And and as, was is STB the Jersey label you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so what was I going to say? Um, but you do have uh, the Young Bull album on the way. That's like the next one. Yep, you yep. have slated up. It's, that uh, is uh, that is in the pressing plant right now. It's about halfway done. It should be done uh, at the end of May. So we're going to release it the beginning of June. Mm. And. How how far back did you like? How how long ago did you find out about them and know you were kind of interested? Um, I would say probably like a year before they started recording the album because they had that demo out. And I once I found that, I burned it onto a CD and I listened to it like every single day. I know like all the words to it and everything. So I almost immediately became a huge fan of theirs. Mm. Oh yeah, and I know like I feel like again like this with this album it's gonna be the label kind of like slowly kind of creeping out like into a different territory because like it does have like a lot of like hardcore and punk elements to oh, yeah, beyond yeah. like and also like kind of like thrash too so like i don't think there's much you've put out so far that's been real thrashy it's no. kind of safe i mean a high in a little bit but this is i've been calling it stoner core because mm. it's got those stoner riffs and grooves and uh, vocals, but yeah, like there's definitely some punk rock songs on there and some hardcore influences for sure. Mm. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Motorhead type stuff. Oh for, yeah, those guys. If anyone's Motorhead. listening and has not heard Young Bull, like it's, it's most of what you need to know. Yeah, because uh, yeah, right now there's nowhere online to hear them at all. Yeah, they pulled pulled that band pulled the camp demo down. down yeah, and I'm keeping the, I'm keeping the album under wraps till till it gets closer to release date. Mm. So and. Um, so yeah, another you mentioned before another big band for you has been Merlin, mm-hmm. and uh, you just put out their latest LP, The Wizard, and I think that's been doing pretty well from what I can tell online yeah. and everything. Uh, what and I, I know that they've had like a pretty like I think they've done a good job from of just like building like a a pre-existing like online fan base too yeah. like everything that they like th- i think they put out like three al- albums previously and like they all had like dozens of like band camp purchases and like when you see a band already like with fans like that i'm sure it must have been pretty easy to yeah, decide to grab yeah, them. It was no question and <clears throat> i've uh, i've known jordan jordan was one of like the first guys in kansas city that i met that was in a band and that we started kind of working together and designing stuff um the first band that i designed anything for in kansas city was uh Hosferatu. and after that is when i met jordan and he introduced me to uh tom from poison mind who was the label that they were on at the time and that's how i got started uh doing album covers mm. really and it, like what what year do you think that was like when you got your first actual like design job for an album um, I don't like I said it was a Hasferatu album. And I don't remember when that was. It was probably kind of like early two thousand ten. It's probably six or seven years ago. Yeah, and um, yeah, and I was kind of curious, like 
if do you, do you end do you ever end up with much input into like the the album like anywhere in the recording process or do you basically just like shoo go make the album and come to me uh you, i did have some input in the keith mountain album i didn't really give much input but they definitely like as they were progressing they would send me the tracks and ask me about it and you know I'm I'm kind of like it's, it's your music like there's no reason why I should be telling you what to do with it so mm. um I, I definitely have bands asking and I don't really give much input just because I don't feel like it's my place to mm. yeah you just jump in with the design and the marketing mm-hmm. and let them yeah. rip I guess let them do their thing yeah mm. and um oh yeah I, I was also curious about um the Young Blood Super Cult album mm-hmm. um like they're they're a Topeka band, right? Correct. And so, did you just kind of know them from like playing Kansas City shows and like? They were actually a band that I discovered online, mm-hmm. and I was dumbfounded to find out they were from Topeka. And so, um, I had a uh, like a fundraiser show at Mills for the Keith Mountain album before it came out, mm-hmm. and I invited Youngblood and Supercult to play it, and they did, and that was the first time I met them. Nice. Do and like I know that's. That was one of the albums that has like did end up picking up like some kind of like national if not like regional like media and stuff like do you have like a, a good amount of experience in like doing PR stuff at this point or are you just kind of like learning as you go? I don't. Um, the only thing that I've learned about PR is that it's expensive. Yeah. Um, unless you know, I mean, if you want to, if you want to play with the big dogs and get into like the big magazines and the big blogs like you know decibel and metal sucks and stuff it's it costs money for sure um we did we did a huge pr campaign with hyborian and that's why you saw tons of coverage on them and probably why they got signed and i mean aside from being a badass band but Yeah. yeah pr definitely helps for sure do you see yourself kind of like pushing back into that world with any stuff coming up or like as far as pr mm. um like i said it's ex- kind of it's expensive yeah. uh i've got limited funds so yeah it's definitely something i would like to see the label be able to do mm. with every release yeah um what else do i have here oh yeah but um i was kind of also thinking like i you like so, how, how long do you think you were going to shows before, like you started getting real involved with like the bands you were seeing and stuff? Um, I used to go to shows all the time when I was in middle school and high school, and once I got out of high school, I was just kind of partying all the time. Um, I met my wife, uh, quit, kind of cut back on the partying, started listening to a lot of music, and then going started going to shows again. Mm. And that's kind of, do you think that was kind of when you kind of gained your knowledge of like local bands and stuff? Like, no, um, no, uh, I, I just kept doing what I was doing, trying to, uh, reach out to the bigger labels, um, and see if I could do some design work with them. Uh, did a little bit of work with TP records when I got out of design school. Um, but yeah, then when I started going to shows and I met, uh, Joey from Hasferatu, that's kind of when I realized that, holy shit, there's some really good bands in Kansas mm-hmm. City. No, yeah, because, like, the reason I asked is because, like, I feel like the label at this point is, like, 
filling a niche for like Kansas City metal because like you know there isn't another like super established Kansas City metal label that I know of and like like metal wasn't something I was like really actively seeking out like a few years ago and now I'm like wow if there wasn't the company I don't know if I even would still be like seeking some of the stuff out no yeah but like did did you kind of like how did you realize like pretty quickly that there was like kind of a niche for what you're doing at this point yeah like i just realized there was so many bands especially stoner and doom bands because you know that's that's what i like that's what i listen to in my free time so Mm -hmm. uh these are definitely all bands that even if they weren't on my label i'd be listening to them Mm -hmm. so do do you feel like that sound like particularly thrives in like kansas city as opposed to like thrash and maybe like black metal and stuff or do you think think it does i don't think it has as big of a following because you know if like you if you see the black metal shows going on in town they're usually pretty packed um we kind of have a hard time getting people to come out to the the stoner shows a lot they i mean we we definitely have successful shows but there's sometimes that yeah it's you're kind of wondering like where the hell are all the rockers at yeah and uh yeah so you you have ended up putting on like some of the shows yourself too, mm-hmm. like just stuff you book at like local clubs and like some like kind of DIY spot shows too. So like, is is that like a whole world that you're having to learn about too? Yeah, absolutely. Learning it day by day. Uh, never had any experience in that before. Just just kind of realize that all. I mean, it just takes some phone calls. It might be annoying sometimes, you know. Uh, trying to find a place or going back and forth like oh no we can do this date well no they can't do this date you know that kind of stuff gets Mm -hmm. frustrating but uh i mean ultimately once you're at the show yeah it's 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 a great feeling i do it for fun i don't make any money putting on shows or promoting or anything so Mm -hmm. it's strictly labor of love Mm -hmm. and so what what are some of the ones that you've helped put together so far yourself um shows that i've put on yeah um i i mean i've put on tons of keith mountain shows um yeah you usually kind of end up doing like the release shows right for yeah most of the records. i usually organize the release shows i need to find something for young bull right now um i don't know if anyone remembers Smokestock, but i was mm. involved in that putting that together that was like a 10 band all day stoner jam thing that we did last year um i mean yeah i just uh put put together the shows for the bands that are on my label and then most recently i've kind of been asked to uh help promote and gather bands for the shows you know for the bands that are coming through oh yeah i know you like there are like at least one or two that you're like kind of co-presenting with like is it is it like mammoth or aeg or something Uh, right yeah mutoid man Uh, Mm -hmm. aeg and me are putting on that mutoid man show at the right room um and then what else there's another one I can't think of off the top of my head. Mm. Oh, yeah, but it, I think that is, like, yeah, it's probably pretty exciting to just finally be able to, like, connect with, like, a bigger company like that, and it kind of, you know, just shows the the reach you end up having at this point, so. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but, yeah, is there um, anything else coming up with the label that people should be looking out for um well we got young bull next and then um i'm probably going to do that release that i was talking about the secret release Mm. um and then um the only other plans i have right now are inner altar Mm. and 
tell people uh, about Inner Alter a bit, like how you found them and like what, like what, well, what they sound like maybe. Um, I think I found out about Inner Alter because Dylan's in Inner Alter. Yeah. Dylan from Keith Mountains also, and he plays drums in Inner Alter also. So um, they're. Uh, I always say they're 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 kind of like uh, I think they call themselves proto metal, mm. but it's like witchcraft or demon head or you know those Swedish occult rock type bands. Mm. Um, but all the dudes are from uh, like punk and hardcore bands. Uh, Neil's from No Class. Uh, Rue is in Blood Shaman, who I guess kind of sounds like Inner Alter. Uh, Dylan's in like 45 different bands in Kansas City yeah. and then there's Tunks who's mm-hmm. in uh, Spine with Dylan and uh, what else is he in was he in Blindside uh, wait, who, Tunks Alex uh, yes okay oh, yeah. yeah yeah it's a, it's a bit of a, an all-star lineup if you're into Kansas City yeah it's, def- it's like a super group of punks playing proto metal mm-hmm. yeah and that's like I mean, maybe it's just, like, because of my own sensibilities and, like, that I am so into, like, punk and hardcore, but, like, I feel like I always do, like, the metal bands of made up of punks the most just because, like, they know just, to, like, when to cut the bullshit and, like, like they, they, get, they play, like, kind of the classic sound that everyone kind of wants. Like, I mean, like, maybe if you're looking for, like, a band that's, like, pushing the boundaries of the genre, like, yeah, probably not, like, a band of punks, but, like... It, it's it like pretty generally good shit because like like i think like gate creeper did kind of come out of like punk and hardcore folks and like i know like red death and like genocide pact and like a lot of like kind of death metal bands that are getting a lot of mm-hmm. attention right now so i think that's just part of like what i always look to so yeah there's another band out there called like uh i think it's magic circle maybe yeah. and it's a uh, it's compromised of like some old hardcore dudes mm. But uh, yeah, is there? Yeah, sorry, did I miss? Is there anything else after Inner Alter or Concrete Plans? No, mm. um, I would like to see Keith Mountain do another album. Yeah, they, they've been pretty quiet generally for like the last year or two. So. Yeah, they've uh, they've kind of kept to themselves. They've been playing a few shows here and there. But... Have they been writing at all? Do you know? Like, <laughs> um, I know they they've been uh, they've been playing a new song and they've got that Conjurer song that they did for the uh, Amplify KC comp. Mm. Compilation with West End, so I don't know if they've been writing anything else. So. Yeah. They well, actually, they send me clips every now and then yeah. of them fucking around in their their practice space. Kind of got to bug them about it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. or yeah, I don't, I don't know what it's gonna take. Mm. But uh, yeah, I think that's about all I had for today. Uh, but people can follow Shuttlecock online. That's uh, at Shuttlecock Mag on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you can visit the site at shuttlecockmusic.com. There's shuttlecockmag.bigcartel.com. That's the web store. There's uh, T-shirts, photozines, and buttons. And the T-shirts are $15 now. Just mark those down. Uh, make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. And um, check the Shellcock Facebook page for events. We have a bunch of punk shows coming up that you should check out. Uh, where can people find the company online? Uh, we are at thecompanykc.com, and we're on Facebook as The Company. Uh, Instagram's The Company KC. Uh, so go to the website and buy some tapes. Oh, yeah. I uh, appreciate you being on the show today. Appreciate you having me.